Good morning and welcome to Overeaters Anonymous, a vision for you big book study. My name is Melanie C and I'm a recovered compulsive overeater. Today is Thursday, December 7th, 2017, and this is a 10 a.m. Eastern, Eastern time meeting of a vision for you big book study. Today we are reading from the big book and we are in the doctor's opinion on page XXXI. That's in the fourth edition, and we are on paragraph one and two today, and the paragraph starts with, what is the solution, and ends with, a long time has passed with no return to alcohol. Today's readers are Dorita P. for the 12 Steps, Sherry K.B. for the 12 Traditions, and reading the text today will be Gina R. to start us out, and Rachel N.M. will close us out today. The reference numbers, which we we'll call our share ID for yesterday's meeting, the 10 a.m. Eastern Time, December 6th, Wednesday, is 10761, 10761. And for the meeting this morning, Thursday, December 7th, 2017, that's the 7 a.m. meeting, is 10763, 10763. The OA Preamble, Overeaters Anonymous is a fellowship of individuals who through shared experience, strength, and hope are recovering from compulsive overeating. We welcome everyone who wants to stop eating compulsively. There are no dues or fees for members. We are self-supporting through our own contributions, neither soliciting nor accepting outside donations. OA is not affiliated with any public or private organization, political movement, ideology, or religious doctrine. We take no position on outside issues. Our primary purpose is to abstain from compulsive eating and compulsive food behaviors and to carry the message of recovery through the 12 steps of OA to those who still suffer. Our sole purpose. OA's fifth tradition states, Each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. At A Vision for You Big Book Study, our message is that people who suffer from compulsive overeating can recover through abstinence and the practice of the 12 Steps and 12 Traditions of Overeaters Anonymous. I will now ask Dorita P. to read the 12 Steps. Thank you, Melanie. Hi, my name is Dorita P. from Cleveland, and I'm a recovered compulsive overeater. And these are the 12 steps. One, we admitted we were powerless over food, that our lives had become unmanageable. Two, came to believe that a power greater than ourselves could restore us to sanity. Three, made a decision to turn our will and our lives over to the care of God as we understood him. Four, made a searching and fearless moral inventory of ourselves. Five, admitted to God, to ourselves, and to another human being the exact nature of our wrongs. Six, we're entirely ready to have God remove all these defects of character. Seven, humbly asked him to remove our shortcomings. Eight, made a list of all persons we had harmed and became willing to make amends to them all. Nine, made direct amends, excuse me, made direct amends to such people wherever possible except one to do so would injure them or others. 10, continued to take personal inventory, and when we were wrong, promptly admitted it. 11, sought through prayer 
and meditation to improve our conscious contact with God as we understood him, praying only for knowledge of his will for us and the power to carry that out. Twelve, having had a spiritual awakening as a result of these steps, we tried to carry this message to compulsive overeaters and to practice these principles in all our affairs. Thank you for allowing me to do service. Thanks, Melanie. Thank you, Dorita P. I will now ask Sherry KB to please read the 12 traditions. Good morning, Melanie. Good morning, everybody. Sherry KB in Northern California, grateful recovered compulsive overeater. The 12 traditions. One, our common welfare should come first. Personal recovery depends upon OA unity. Two, for a group purpose, there is but one ultimate authority, a loving God as he may express himself in our group conscience. Our leaders are but trusted servants. They do not govern. Three, the only requirement for OA membership is a desire to stop eating compulsively. Four, each group should be autonomous except in matters affecting other groups or OA as a whole. Five, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. Six, an OA group ought never endorse, finance, or lend the OA name to any related facility or outside enterprise, lest problems of money, property, and prestige divert us from our primary purpose. Seven, every OA group ought to be fully self-supporting, declining outside contributions. Eight, Overeaters Anonymous should remain forever non-professional, but our service centers may employ special workers. Nine, OA as such ought never be organized, but we may, we may create service boards or committees directly responsible to those they serve. Ten, Overeaters Anonymous has no opinions on outside issues, hence the OA name ought never be drawn into public controversy. Eleven, our public relations policy is based on attraction, Rather than promotion, we need always maintain personal anonymity at the level of press, radio, films, television, and other public media of communication. And twelve, anonymity is the spiritual foundation of all these traditions, ever reminding us to place principles before personalities. And with that, I pass. Thank you for letting me be of service. Thank you, Sarah KB. How our meeting works. Our meeting focuses on the directions for recovery described in the Big Book of Alcoholics Anonymous. We read a paragraph or two from the literature, then stop and share on what was read. Anyone can share, but we ask that you keep your sharing to the topic and literature we are discussing and that you keep your share to approximately three minutes. Singleness of purpose reminds us to identify as compulsive overeaters only. Our abstinence requirement for moderators is one year and for readers is six months. There is no abstinence requirement for sharing on topic. This meeting does request that your sharing be directly linked to what was read. We are sharing what the directions in the big book mean to us. To share, press star one to unmute. Once you're done sharing, let us know by saying pass, then press star one to remute your phone. In order to have a quiet meeting, everyone's phone, except the speakers, should be muted. Today, we resume our study of the big book, and we're in the doctor's opinion on page XXXI, reading paragraph 1 and 2, and focusing our experience of sharing on those two paragraphs. And I will ask Gina R. to please begin our reading and study today. Good morning, Gina. 
Good morning, Mel. Thank you so much for your service and Team Thursday and everybody on the line, especially the newcomer. This is Gina R., gratefully recovered from a seemingly hopeless state of mind and body in Green Valley, Arizona. What is the solution? Perhaps I can best answer this by relating one of my experiences. About one year prior to this experience, a man was brought in to be treated for chronic alcoholism. He had but partially recovered from a gastric hemorrhage and seemed to be a case of pathological mental deterioration. He had lost everything worthwhile in life and was only living, one might, to say, one might say, to drink. He frankly admitted and believed that for him there was no hope. Following the elimination of alcohol, there was found to be no permanent brain injury. He accepted the plan outlined in this book. One year later, he called to see me, and I experienced a very strange sensation. I knew the man by name and partly recognized his features, but there all resemblance ended. From a trembling, despairing, nervous wreck had emerged a man brimming over with self-reliance and contentment. I talked with him for some time, but was not able to bring myself to feel that I had known him before. To me, he was a stranger, and so he left me. A long time has passed with no return to alcohol. Start my timer. I'm going to begin my comment on uh, the sentence in the middle of that paragraph. He accepted the plan outlined in this book. For me, most of my life had um, been just utter defiance. My self-will, my version of self-reliance had run me into the ground. I was stepping on the toes of my fellows. I was creating um, havoc in situations that eventually resulted in me um, basically having a mental, physical, and spiritual breakdown. And I was out of hope. So I'm going to jump back up to that sentence. He frankly admitted and believed that for him there was no hope. I always felt that I had to have hope in order to um, do anything. And it wasn't until the message, the unvarnished truth of this book was brought to me in the form of a recovered person who I actually got to watch her metamorphosis that I realized that you have to be at the no hope place in order to actually get this. And that is um, something wrapped up and it's called the gift of desperation. I was able to receive that gift And I not only received it, but I actually opened it up and looked inside. And you know what I found? I found this book. I found these steps. And I found an action plan and a guide that helped shine the light on the path for me. Um, And so not only did I accept the plan outlined in this book, I actually took the action that it tells you to take. And because of that, I have realized and I'm experiencing the direct and the inferred promises that are in this book. And different people have tried to account for them, and some people have come up with 150 of them. That is amazing, and that is what I'm experiencing today. My personal relationships have been repaired. 
I am not a force that repels people anymore. I am attractive to people, and they want what I have. Today, the way I define my self-reliance, I am brimming over with self-reliance, but it's not my own concoction of what I think you need to do or how the world needs to line up for me. It is total God confidence that shines through me, and the people in the world perceive that as self-confidence. But I give all glory and credit to my higher power, whom I call God. And with that, I pass. Thank you. Thank you, Gina R. Shared focuses on today on page XXXI, paragraph one and two. Who would like to comment? Marin. Dorita P. Ali okay, got both of you. Hi, Allie. Reggie O. Ashley P. Ashley and Reggie. Mm-hmm. Marin Kathleen K. I got I got you, Marin. Hi, Sherry. Kathleen O. <clears throat> got you, Kathleen. That's a good lineup. Let's go with that. I have Marin K. Dorita. P, Ali, M, Reggie O, Ashley P, Sherry KB, and Kathleen O. Good morning, Marin. Uh, hi, can you hear me? I can. We're ready for you. Hi, thank you, Melanie. Thank you for chairing the meeting. Thank you, everybody, for being on the line and doing service. Um, this part of the doctor's opinion and the big book for me is like my Bible. I found a higher power by reading the big book. I had tried every imaginable remedy Uh, I had all the money in the world to get help and treatment centers and places to go to get better, but it wasn't until I read the big book with my sponsor that I felt like I had hope that I, who had been 60 pounds once and was a a 10-time-a-day bulimic, would someday get better. I came out here from uh, Miami to California and began my journey to recovery. I had... uh, 23 years, and I have never been anorexic or bulimic. I, I was in a state of chronic, uh, uh, chronic alcoholism or eating disorder, and I have recovered. I am not, I'm no longer for have gone back to being 90 or I mean 63 pounds or throwing up every day. I have even stopped eating sugar and. Um, I lost everything in life before I got abstinent. I didn't have a family. I had been an actor. I lost my career. I lost everything. And um, by the time I got to this big book and got to work with my sponsor, I, I stopped being the trembling, despairing, nervous wreck that I was. And um, I have to say it's been a long ride and lots of things have happened, but the fact is I have recovered, and that is a true miracle, and it would never have happened if I had not had this big book and you people to show me how to get better. And um, I've never had to go back to what it was like, and for that, I'm truly grateful. So thanks for letting me share. Thanks, Marin. Dorita P., you're next. Thanks, Melanie. Excuse me. Hi, my name is Dorita P. I'm a uh, recovered compulsive overeater, and I'm starting my timer. Uh, okay, here we go. Um, my, um, yeah, I am really grateful to be here. It's a privilege and honor to be at a meeting of Overeaters Anonymous. Everybody do not get this opportunity for whatever reason, and I'm really grateful I have a seat here. Yeah, so what is the solution? Yeah, um, 
you know, this man, um, his disease is in remission. And I was just reading about, you know, diseases being in remission uh, earlier, well, today, this morning. And uh, my disease is in remission. Um, and for newcomers, you on the line, we say we're, uh, a lot of us say we're recovered, and we're recovered from a seemingly hopeless state of mind and body, and for me, just for today, the, the food is not calling me, and I, um, and so my disease is in remission, but uh, I am not cured. Um, you know, I still have this thing. I still have this thing with food. Um, so this man um, that we're reading about um, has recovered. You know, he doesn't have any symptoms um, of alcoholism. You know, he's brimming over, what do it say here? Uh, from a trembling, despairing, nervous wreck had emerged a man brimming over with self-reliance and contentment. You know, I never really knew what contentment meant, but now I know because it, it happened to me. Um, this program works. Um, I uh, lost 100 pounds, and like the speaker before me, um, you know, I didn't lose 100 pounds. You know, you know, uh, God, it was God working through me, and I give God all the credit, and I don't have this self-reliance. It looks like self-reliance to the outside world, but I'm relying on God, and um, and it looks like I have confidence. You know, people uh, comment about that all the time, and they say, you're so good around food. I mean, how can you, like, not eat this? Um, but it's not me. It's not me, because if it was me, I would be eating it, and I would be, you know, over 300 pounds. So I'm just really grateful to be here, and with that, I'll pass. Thank you. Thanks, Dorita P. Allie M., you're next. And then Reggie will follow up. Good morning. This is Allie M. Recovered in Bellingham, Washington. Um, thank you so much, everyone, for being here. And I love this. Um, we got the little uh, heads up yesterday that we were about to hear about the solution. And um, this is something that I didn't hear for a long time. Um, but I love that, that whenever they give instructions in this book, they do it based on their experience um, so, I, so that I don't have to have somebody, you know, come to me and say, I have your solution and this is what you need to do um, because I never wanted to do anything that anybody wanted me to do. Um, but I did look up to people um, always in life and I still do that have what I want and then I want to do what they did. So um, this is a great way of speaking to me, and um, it's uh, it's so true that um, most of my life I have been um, driven by self-reliance. And so the first time I, um, maybe not the first time, but at some point reading over this, I stared at that phrase that says, you know, brimming over with self-reliance and contentment, and I went, wait a minute, this doesn't sound right. And um, the difference here is contentment, because um, in my past of self-reliance, I was never content. Um, I was probably talky on the outside and still trembling, despairing, and nervous um, wreck on the inside, um, just trying to get what I wanted, you know, forcibly, and, um, and discontent, really. Restless, irritable, and discontent. And so this contentment, um, for me, is a peace. It's like a 
peacefully and uh, happy, happily and peacefully whole, you know, um, that um, life of seeing and happy usefulness that I seek. Um, the thing that, that I missed in this was that um, I, I always had a hard time with uh, the higher power concepts because I thought there was this thing somewhere out there that, that I had to seek and, and find, and I, I, I was chasing. All my life I was always chasing. Um, and then to realize um, by studying this book and, and with um, other people in recovery that um, my higher power is in me. You know, there's this divine energy within myself that I was blocked off from. And by um, this working this solution and I can get access to that power, then that self-reliance is the proper use of the will um, that that they're talking about here. So I can actually, I don't have to lose anything. I don't have to, to lose my entire self. I can find something in myself that I didn't know I had and still have the self-reliance that I craved, but to be content with it. Um, and that's the way I feel um, when I'm plugged in. Um, so I need to do this work every single day so that I don't get clouded out by my own will. Thank you all for helping me do that. I hope you all have a wonderful day, and I pass. Thank you, Allie. Reggie, oh, you're next. And then Ashley, if you'll come in after Reggie. Thank you, Melanie, for all your service and Team Thursday today and everybody that's on the line. It's just such a gift and a privilege to be here. Um, Boy, you know, I love I love the stories in the big book where it shows the uh, where it shows the before and after. And this one is like an amazingly powerful one. If anyone you know out there thinks that you know it's not going to work for them, you know, someone brought someone came in to be treated uh, for for chronic alcoholism with a gastric hemorrhage and who seemed to be a case of pathological mental deterioration, had lost everything in life worthwhile and was only living to drink, and. Um, I hadn't lost everything in life, but I'll tell you, I sure had lost a lot uh, by the time I came in here. And, uh, you know, this part about we've I've heard, I remember hearing many times in here, you know, it's like we it, we need two parts, you know, the two parts we need to, to really grab hold is the desperation and the hope or the hopelessness and then the hope. And, uh, and you know, the certainly the desperation, the hopelessness, you know, I thought, I, I guess I probably related more to desperation than hopelessness, but, um, um, and then the hope is, you know, there are like, I don't, I, I don't know the numbers, but on, you know, with vision for you, I know there are hundreds of people who have gone through, you know, their own version of the transformation that this man went through. And, uh, and the hope, you know, is something that I get to and we get to listen to every morning. And, you know, and there's a way that this happened. And there are two parts to it, which the doctor's opinion has been all about, following the elimination of alcohol. Okay, that's what, that's what happened when the man came into treatment. And just with that alone, there was found to be no permanent brain injury. However, he accepted the plan outlined in this book. Uh, which is we've come to know through reading <clears throat> the elimination of alcohol so we no longer have the craving or not grabbed by the allergy. And then the, you know, the mental obsession, which is what the plan outlined in this book is about, to remove that mental obsession so that we can have that psychic change and uh, no longer are grabbed and held by the food 
Um, and you know, it's really quite simple. And I am reminded time and time again how you know I and you know and we, I guess I can say, as addicts, can complicate can so complicate things you know it's like the elimination of alcohol in some respects sounds simple we have to you know eliminate our alcoholic foods and food behaviors and that's a really you know that's a very easy thing for the complicated thinking in mind of a compulsive eater to grab hold of and think you know let me just see you know that that part about what can I get by with what can I hold on to you know there's something about just that complete uh that complete willingness to surrender and eliminate everything that is alcoholic and, you know, in my food plan and then working these amazing steps, which are really quite simple. You know, everything is that guided outlined for us here and just the simplest of forms. And then, you know, the, the, the hope and the promises from that trembling, despairing, nervous wreck had emerged a man brimming over with self-reliance and contentment. And uh, it's just beautiful to read that and know that that happens every day in here. And with that, I'll pass. Thank you, Reggio. Ashley P., you're up next, and Sherry KB, you'll follow. Hi, this is Ashley P., recovered in Northern California. Can I be heard? Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, good morning, everybody. Good morning, and welcome to the newcomers, and, and thanks, everybody, for your service. Um, yeah, I'm super excited to hear these paragraphs this morning. Um, these are some of my favorite paragraphs um, in the book uh, because the like everybody's been talking about um, the hope of this story that that's why I got abstinent um, and uh, when I when I think about my life um, before my abstinence what it really felt like is that I had become a stranger um, to myself and it had gone on for so long that that stranger, this person that was selfish and just self-seeking and, and just quaking with fear all the time, um, that individual was all anyone else knew. And, and by that time, that was the only person I knew. And, and yet I also knew how, how wrong it felt. Um, and so my experience of abstinence and, and working the steps has been like, uh, a road home, um, a road home to my real self, um, who got lost 30 years ago, <laughs> at, at least. Um, and, and like in this story, then, you know, the sort of, the, what I feel like is my real self has been able to emerge and, and that is a self who's, um, uh, concerned with God's will. And, um, and so what, does that transformation look like? I mean, for me, it, it was like these paragraphs. I was just a fearful, nervous, anxious disaster. And um, today I do feel some self-reliance and contentment. Um, but I would just say the, the caveat for that self-reliance is that, so I, I feel like I can count on myself, but it's because um, my decisions aren't really my decisions they're um uh they're they're mine because I, I, i'm giving them over to god because i try and, and live in 10 11 and 12 so really they're they're god's decisions um and that that feeling of contentment is um it's interesting because it's not the swinging major major highs but it's also not the major lows and 
And so these wonderful, wonderful things happen. Um, and I can be present for them and grounded in them and, and able to, to feel them with a sense of um, surrender and, and serenity okay. instead of just getting knocked back and forth. Um, so yeah, I'm just incredibly grateful and, and thanks to everybody with that I pass. Thank you, Ashley P. We are on page XXXI, reading the first two paragraphs on that page to focus our comments on. And Sherry, you're up next, and then Kathleen O will follow. Thanks, Melanie. Good morning again. Good morning, everybody. Thank you so much for your service, Melanie, and everybody on the line. And welcome, newcomers. And I love these paragraphs. This, These are paragraphs of hope. You know, um, Here's one sentence, and it's considered a paragraph because it's telling us what the solution is. And it, and Dr. Silkworth is describing to us what our solution is because it's telling me that, you know, that I can be treated from chronic compulsive overeating and that I do have a patho- did have a pathological mental disorder, um, the mental obsession. And then I'm seeing here where when I was in that state that I was hopeless. And then, but following the elimination of my alcoholic foods, um, and I accepted the plan outlined in this book, which are the 12 steps, you know, I, I had a, a personality change. I had a transformation, not only of mind and body, um, you know, from a trembling, despairing, nervous wreck. And I can't relate to that on the outside, but I can definitely relate to it on the inside, the emotional component of it, for sure. And then, you know, I... I worked the steps and this personality change where, you know, I'm unrecognizable. Um, that's what I think is so beautiful. He's saying, you know, this man completely changed. I could hardly recognize him. And I know that for myself with, with going through this work, putting down the food, getting in the steps, working the steps, living in the steps, my life has changed so much and I continue to change and from a seemingly hopeless state of mind and body. And I know for me that, I didn't get how much I had been stunted emotionally till I got into the the work and did the work. And I'm just so grateful. And, you know, there's a lot of controversy. Some people think, you know, get into the steps and then get abstinent. But this this here right here is telling us we have to put the food down. It's It's saying the elimination of our alcoholic foods, compulsive food behaviors, ingredients, whatever those are, they have to be down in order to get this, in order to get unblocked. And um, I just, you know, it's just so beautifully written here. Um, and here's Dr. Silkworth, who's, who understood the mental twist, the mental obsession, but he couldn't, he couldn't describe, he, can't, he couldn't understand what a change happened in this person. And I think that's what happens to all of us. And on this line, I'm just so grateful. Um, you know, I'm, I love being a part of and not apart from. And when I was when I was apart from, I was in my disease. I didn't want to be around anything or anybody. And being a part of, I'm a part of this amazing fellowship. And I'm just so grateful, and I owe it all to my higher power. And with that, I pass. Thank you. Thank you, Sherry KB. Kathleen O, you're next, and then we'll open up again. Good morning. This is Kathleen O, Recovered Compulsive Reader in Northern California. And thank you, everyone, for your great shares this morning. It's a great meeting. So a man was brought in to be treated for chronic alcoholism. You know, we get so beaten down that we're just out of tricks. And it's like, it's, it's like we have to die before we're born again. Um, the, the sentence um, 
he frankly admitted and believed that for him there was no hope. I believe that. I mean, I, I was hopeless. I was doomed. I was beaten down, and I was hopeless. And um, so to, to read these pages and, you know, hear what the problem is, um, you know, the problem is I have an allergy of, of, of the body that sets up a phenomenon of craving. I have a mental obsession. And, um, and you know, what, what doesn't work for the problem or a, a sale asylum, um, hospitalization, brought the emotional appeal. You know, for me it was, um, you know, all the crazy things I tried, um, which, you know, I just kept hoping were going to work and they just weren't working. And it was because I didn't really understand the problem. You know, I have this allergy to body obsession of the mind. And, and the good news is, you know, there is a solution. Um, and the solution, you know, our main problem is our mind. You know, we're powerless. And the solution is a power greater than ourselves that will restore us to sanity. And um, it's, it's really just so exciting to know that there's a solution. And... And to be living in that solution, you know, I I found the solution through this through you know the pages in this book, and um, and I'm I'm very aware that I need to live in the solution on a daily basis because just finding the solution and and doing it one day doesn't doesn't keep me clean for the next day. I've got to I've got to live in the solution every day, and and it's it's a great news that there's a solution because prior to this, for me, there wasn't one. So I'm I'm happy to have found one and. Um, anyone on the line who hasn't found one yet, stay here because you'll learn it. Thanks. I pass. Thank you, Kathleen O. We are on page XXXI, first two paragraphs, and we have time for more people to share on those two paragraphs. Anybody Donna S. Stephanie N. Stephanie. Darla T. Darla. T like Tom? Lisa S. P like Paul. Gotcha. Thanks. And Lisa? That sounds like a good lineup. We'll go with that and see what happens. I have Donna S, Stephanie N, Darlette P, Lisa S. Hi, Donna. Do you want to go ahead and lead this out, Donna? Yeah, hi. Can you hear me? I can. Great. Hi, this is Donna S. I am recovered in San Mateo, California. Um, this is my first time sharing on the line, and first I want to thank everybody for being here and for your service and for having had the pleasure to be listening for um, quite a long time now. Um, so I wanted to start with the sentence about hope and um, how he frankly admitted that he believed that for him there was no hope, and only following the elimination of alcohol and following his hopelessness, he accepted the plan outlined in this book. And for me, I had to be completely hopeless in order to be able to put down the food, first of all, and then to follow the plan and accept the plan outlined in this book. And that plan is the steps, and the steps lead me to God and to having a personal relationship with my God. And without that, the pain and the horror and the mental twist and that problem that I have in my mind would not be solved. Um, so that is one of the key parts for me to be able to accept this plan, thankfully, and so gratefully that I can now say that I'm recovered. Um, the other thing here is, you know, that um, 
for me too, people who knew me before and people who know me when I'm recovered, um, many of them say, wow, you've really changed. Wow, you're a different person. Um, even, you know, in my family, like, wow, we got Donna back. Um, and that is just a huge testament to, you know, my relationship with God and, and having, you know, worked through these steps because I was a totally different person and I could not have made that change without being able to rely on a power greater than myself. And um, it really is amazing. There's people who, you know, can really tell me that, I, you know, became a totally different person and really transformed. And I feel it too. Sometimes, um, sometimes I can doubt myself and then, you know, really be reassured. First of all, the more I stay in this program, the more I reach out to others, the more I can be of service. Um, but also sometimes just seeing, you know, the outside um, reassurance that really I am still a different person. And even if I think I might be, um, you know, not as changed as I would want, it's, it doesn't have to be at my, you know, the way I think about it. It can be, you know, good enough just the way it is right now and, and people will still be able to tell me things like that and not that I'm listening for, um, for that kind of outside reassurance all the time, but just to know that it's okay. So with that, I pass and thank you. Have a great day. Thank you, Donna S. Stephanie Ann, you're next. Hi, this is Stephanie N. Recovered in Kansas. Um, yeah, the two things that were jumping out to me were that he had partially recovered from a gastric hemorrhage and he accepted the plan outlined in this book. And I was thinking that a person who is only partially recovered from a gastric hemorrhage would still experience episodes of pain, um, which could be really scary. And um, and so for that, you know, for me, that would send me into fear and self-pity. But he had accepted the outline in this book. And so because he had accepted it, he knew that he couldn't live in fear and self-pity. And this is why he was able to be brimming over with contentment. He had been lifted out of that self-imposed prison. And I can really identify with that prison of enslavement to self, just being completely caved in on myself. And he was lifted out of that because he was now working the steps, following the outline, living in the steps, and he didn't have to stay in that fear and self-pity and morbid reflection, and he was free and he was content, and things might not have been perfect. He might have still been going through a lot, and it sounded like he was in that, that paragraph. I mean, there were several things that were still wrong, but he wasn't focused on that. He was focusing on others and helping others and bringing recovery, and he was trusting in someone outside of himself and he didn't feel weighed down and feel tethered to all of his problems anymore. So he was able to be free and that gives me a lot of hope. So anyways, I pass. Thank you. Thank you so much, Stephanie N. Darlette P., you're next. Good morning. Thank you everyone for um being on the line this morning and for your service. And um, this is Darlette P. recovering from Algonquin, Illinois. And um, I just wanted to say uh, this time reading the big book and a solution for you is what brought me recovery. And um, 
realizing that I have an allergy of the body and the phenomenon of the mind um, really woke me up this time. And I found my recovery and I am 79 days recovered as of today. And I have dropped 34 pounds and it's a miracle to me. Um, The miracle has happened and I'm so grateful to the OA program for that. And if I hadn't stuck around, that miracle wouldn't have happened and I wouldn't have recovery today. So the, the, the solution is there. The solution is in the big book. The solution does work. And for me, um, the easy steps were just no sugar, no white flour. And for me, myself, it's also no salt. Um, and it works. And um, I had to use the steps and follow the big book and stick with the winners. And I find that listening to A Vision for You I am sticking with the winners because there are only winners on a vision for you. There are no losers in that program. So um, I'm very grateful to OA. I'm very grateful to a vision for you. And um, I plan on sticking with the winners from here on in. And with that, I'll pass. Thank you. Thank you so much, Darlette P. Lisa A. I'm so sorry. I said Lisa A and I meant Lisa S. Good morning. Hi, this is Lisa S as in Sam. I think I'm next. That must have you are. Next. Yep, you're okay, ready. Wonderful. Mm-hmm. Uh, thank you, everyone, for being here. Um, this is so exciting to um, have this page start out with what is the solution. For me, when I came back into the rooms, um, a year and a half ago to learn that the big book had a solution gave me amazing hope um, and to you know hear about this man that did not return to alcohol um, people did recover people are recovering and we are recovering and what I'm so excited about today is that the recovery I hear on these lines today is so powerful and so real and um, these meetings are for for the newcomer. Um, what does a newcomer mean? A newcomer means someone who's um, had a binge or a slip or is in the middle of that food agony still, you know, and, and not in the solution. And um, that's, you know, me really. Um, but I also know because I'm, I'm just really reworking these steps, um, but I have to say to those of you out there that are listening and um, wondering what the heck all this grandiose hope and joy and amazing strength of message is coming from, um, don't give up, let it sink in, and just keep reworking these steps until you find it. I just started the steps again a couple weeks ago and um, took my step three, and I am just blown away about how much more is available. The recovery is real. It is there. Um, But we do need to really surrender over and over again. And um, so keep coming back. It works. If you're 
If you're not there, um, let the message sink in and find someone to pair up with. Um, and with that, I pass. Thank you, Lisa S. Time seems to be um, allowing for two more people to comment on the paragraphs on XXXI 1 and 2. Would you like Hi, to take that thought? Hi, this is um, Nikki, compulsive reader. Nikki? Like with an N? Yeah, Nikki with an N. Um, and I'm actually, I just wanted to introduce myself because unfortunately I have to head to work, but I'm a, a newcomer returning and I would really love to leave my number so that I can find a sponsor and get a phone call. Well, Nikki, let's get that information from you then. What's the first initial of your last name? Um, w. W. Okay, I'm ready to take your phone number. It's 562-334-0064. What time zone are you in, Nikki? Pacific um, Standard Time. Okay. And I can accept Thanks. calls any time. Okay. Very Thank good. You. Thank you. You're welcome. You're welcome. Anyone like to comment on the paragraphs that we just read? We have just a, just maybe time for one and a half. Uh, Ori B, Los Angeles, can I be heard? You can. Hi, Ori. Let's see if someone else doing? wants to come in, too. I'm fine. Thanks. Okay. Ori's going to be first. Anyone else? Okay, we'll start with you then so we can keep a hold of that time that's spinning. <laughs> Go ahead, Ray. We'll see what happens. Yes, you know, I've read this a lot of times, but uh, this is the first time that I can really plug myself into everything that's being talked about um, in these words. It says, uh, seem to be a case of pathological mental deterioration um, just over 16 months ago. Man, I... I was in a hole that, a deep hole that, a deep dark hole that I had never gotten to. It was a level of darkness that I had never touched before. And mentally, I was just a wreck. Um, the level of depression was just so great and hopelessness was so great um, that I actually was practicing hanging myself um, just as a means to get out and escape. Um, I had lost everything worthwhile in life. I basically um, was a shut-in. I couldn't show up for life anymore, and that's um, after a third relapse, that's where I progressed to. And then it says, um, he frankly admitted and believed that for him there was no hope. Uh, like I said, I, I had reached a level of hopelessness um, that I had never reached before. And like in that moment, I knew that the only way that I was going to get out was through a miracle of God. And um, that's what happened. Um, the miracle came. And now at this point, I am truly sold on not the ideas in this book. Um, and it's not its not in a way where I have to convince people, oh, that's not my aim. Like I really believe for myself that this is what I need to be doing um, in my life. Like I need to be practicing this design for living. And I've accepted the plan. And... Um, this is one year later, you called to see me, it, you know, and, and things are changing. Like, you know, sometimes, a lot of times I'm, I'm not aware of, you know, the, how specifically I'm changing. I can't really see it all, but I just know just a general feeling is different inside. I feel different. Um, and uh, I don't know if I've gotten to the point of brimming over with self-reliance and contentment, but I know I'm on the path. If I continue to work this thing. And uh, that's what I'm doing today, um, just continue to show up and continue to do this. Thing. So thank you for letting me talk. Have a great day, everyone. 
Thank you so much, OAB. We have time for one more share. Would somebody like to take it? Press star one. May I just have the page number, please? Yes, we're on XXXI in the first two paragraphs. Thank you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I think I heard Laura W. Is that true? Yes, you did. I'll have to grab that one. That's the first one I heard. Thanks so much. We'll close you out then, Laura W., with your share. Thank you. I'll just take a minute. Good morning, everyone. This is Laura W., Recovered Compulsive Eater and Anorexic in South Jersey. Um, I love how it's you know, following the elimination of alcohol. So, once again, it tells me that I have to put the food down before I can implement the step. You know, that step zero is put the food down, and that's really the only thing that I can do um, and the rest is up to God, you know, and I do have a choice, you know, I'm not, I might feel hopeless, but I'm not helpless, you know, I, I have the choice to put the food down or to put the food in my mouth, but once I put that food in my mouth, I don't have a choice, I, it's, the, it's the drug of no choice, because that phenomenon of craving sets off, and I'm addicted, and I can't, I cannot not put it in my mouth, but he accepted the plan outlined in this book, and what a relief for me to know that all I need to do is follow this simple plan. This is a guide for living, these first 164 pages for me, and this program changes me. I mean, it has changed me from the inside out, and, um, you know, I no longer am an egotistical, um, selfish person who doesn't think very well of herself, you know, um, I do have, um, more contentment in my life on a daily basis, but it's only because I have the sense of ease and comfort from God now instead of the food. So I'm grateful for this reminder and for, and, and for the wisdom that when I have a question about life, the first 164 pages is where I, is where I go. I mean, this is a guide for a living. Like I said, I, I really feel like when I feel anger, fear, resentment, uh, because these feelings do crop up, no matter how long I'm recovered, um, I can go to this book and it can tell me what I can do about it and, and how to get out of that without acting out and without going back to my drug of no choice. I'm grateful for this meeting and I'm grateful for the steps. Thanks for letting me share. Pass. Thank you very much, Laura. And that ends the, um, this part of this particular meeting, the recorded part of this particular meeting. So I thank everyone who shared today. And so we'll close informally with a reading from the big book on page 164, and we'll follow that with the serenity prayer. If I could have Rachel and M, please read A Vision for You. Our book is meant to be suggestive only, please. Good morning. This is Rachel and M. Our book is meant to be suggestive only. We realize we know only a little. God will constantly disclose more to you and to us. Ask him in your morning meditation what you can do each day for the man who is still sick. The answers will come if your house is in order, if your own house is in order. But obviously you cannot transmit something you haven't got. See to it that your relationship with him is right, and great events will come to pass for you and countless others. This is the great fact for us. Abandon yourself to God as you understand God. Admit your faults to him and to your fellows. Clear away the wreckage of your past. Give freely of what you find and join us. We shall be with you in the fellowship of the Spirit, and you will surely meet some of us as you trudge the road of happy destiny. May God bless you and keep you until then.